Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hi there, I'm Jason Shulman, and this is New Books in Australian and New Zealand Studies. My guest today is Mark Dappin. He's an author, journalist, and historian. He's here to talk about his new book, Jewish Anzacs, Jews in the Australian Military, published by New South Press in April 2017. Mark, welcome to the show. Jason, thanks very much for asking me on. Well, it's great to have you on. So, Mark, how did you get interested in Jews in the Australian Military? Some time ago, it feels like some time ago to me, perhaps it wasn't that long ago, I wrote a novel called Spirit House, which was set in the Second World War um, among Japanese prisoners of the Burma Railway. I I extensively researched the historical background for this novel, including spending time in Changi in Singapore, which was um, a prison um, notorious, at least in Australia and Britain, as a staging post for Singapore, for Allied prisoners in Singapore to be sent to work themselves often to death on the railway. In the museum at Changi, I was extremely surprised to see a picture of a synagogue. Um, so there was at this prison camp in Singapore a shul that had been built by a Scottish regiment for the Jewish um, prisoners of war and civilian internees, I think civilian internees also. And so I began to wonder if there really was a Jewish story about Changi, not simply one I invented. Um, I was surprised to find among the many POW memoirs, there were three um, written by Jewish people, including one called Chaplin on the River Kwai, which is the story of a Sephardic rabbi, who was interned in Changi and then moved on to the railway. Um, And as I say, a couple of other quite notable um, autobiographies. And from here, from there, I started to delve uh, a little more deeply into specifically Jewish military history. Uh, And I was approached by a guy from New South Wales Jewish Ex-Servicemen's Association who asked whether I would be interested in writing a comprehensive Jewish military history of Australia um, should some government money come through for a centenary of Anzac grant. Um, I I said yes, provisionally, but still believing it will be a very small project. I didn't have any idea of the scope of Jewish involvement in the Australian military at the time. I imagined uh, a pamphlet. Uh, Instead, we have a house brick. (laughs) It is a pretty massive book, but but it makes for really fascinating reading. Uh, you start at the very beginning of European settlement in Australia, and you go till you know current and recent wars. Uh, how many Jews have served in the Australian military? Do we have any sense of the numbers? And how do you identify, uh, you know, which servicemen and service women were were Jewish? Did the army keep records by religion? How, how did you figure that out? Well, but both of these are <laughs> difficult questions to answer. Um, I, I think probably around 9,000 
servicemen, nine or 10,000 servicemen and women who were Jewish, halakhically Jewish, have served in the Australian military um, since Federation. Um, as to, that's, that's around 1800 fighting in the First World War and more than 4,000 fighting in the Second World War, um, about 80 to 90 in the Boer War or the Second South African War, however you like to put it, a handful in the Korean War, a slightly larger handful in the Vietnam War, and a, a larger, a surprisingly large but unquantifiable number in Iraq and Afghanistan in, in our um, post-Cold War conflicts. Um, it wasn't actually me who went through the genealogies to try and discover who was halakhically Jewish. It was um, another guy who devotes much of his life to this kind of thing. In Australia, um, comprehensive service records of uh, conflicts before World War One and World War Two are available from the National Archives. Um, you can request any number of service records of deceased service people. It's a little bit harder with living service people, and go through them and look at look at the front page of every document to see who had enlisted as Jewish. And to an extent, that's what this guy did. But even then, you know, so many Jewish people hid their religion when they enlisted. So many enlisted as um, Roman Catholic, it seemed to be a very popular one, or Protestant, that if somebody had what appeared to be a Jewish name or, or who, who whose parents appeared to be of Jewish ancestry, then this guy went back and back. This man by the name of Russell Stern trying to discover whether they really were, um, whether they were Jewish soldiers just trying to pass, as it were. And, and often they were. He was a massive writer of Russell's. But the most, of, but that was really to put together as close to um, comprehensive statistics as we were able. Uh, the Jewish soldiers, uh, I've written the book, made up, largely of the testimony of Jewish soldiers, of, of their letters, of their diaries, of interviews with survivors. And yeah, very few of them were not known to be Jewish at the time. Were the reasons that Jews joined the Australian military the same as you know their non-Jewish Australian counterparts? You've done a lot of research uh, and, and interviews with uh, more, more recent servicemen and women. Uh, what, what were the reasons given? I think there are reasons that Jewish people now join the Australian military are absolutely the same as everybody else. Um, what struck me was how often uh, current veterans, if you want to call them that, uh, said that they were asked, well, if you're going to join the army, why aren't you joining the Israeli army? They were asked that both by the community and by army recruiters, they they couldn't understand. Um, and I think that speaks to a certain reluctance in among Australian jury to embrace what is quite a, um, a strong and enduring martial heritage. Um, if we talk about 
um, war or armies with any pride, if the community speaks about war or armies with any pride, it's, you know, the Six-Day War and the Israeli army. Right. I, I think that there's a perception maybe that the Jews have not been involved in military conflicts, and I think your book is kind of showing that that's not the case. How does your story kind of change the tale that we tell about the, you know, the, the Jewish involvement with, with military affairs? Certainly there's a feeling, you know, it's a long-standing anti-Semitic canard that Jewish people shirk service. You know, there's a well-known, um, over-familiar caricature of Jew as war profiteer rather than soldier. And as as a consequence, um, or perhaps simply as another facet of this, we see um, wars often portrayed as Jewish wars. It's forgotten, but you know, one of the first wars that any Australian soldiers participated in was the Saddam War of the late 19th century. This was considered by anti-Semites a Jewish war. The Boer War, say the Second South African War, was considered a Jewish war. There are people who consider the First World War a Jewish war, the Second World War a Jewish war, even the Vietnam War a Jewish war, with the idea that it was Jews who were making money from these wars rather than fighting them. The fact is, um, you know, Jews fought in large numbers, um, disproportionately large numbers in the Second World War for Australia and proportionately large numbers in the First World War and proportionately, but still kind of surprising numbers in the Boer War. I, I mean, I didn't actually set out to write sort of a, an apology. I, I didn't set out to write um, a philo-Semitic justification of Jewish citizenship. But certainly in the early years of Australia post-Federation, there was a drive by... There's a feeling among Jewish men that uh, one way to prove that they were worthy of the freedoms that Australia offered them was to join the military and fight alongside all the other kind of um, noble sons of England, if you like. That that was, to, to a lesser extent, I think that motivated some men in the Boer War. I mean, the Boer War was pretty much an adventurer's war. Um, but certainly does seem to have had some influence on the reasons many joined up in the First World War. Second World War was, of course, a, a different case. So if your story kind of changes our perception of Jews, you know, not being involved in military conflict, how does the inclusion of Jewish Anzacs kind of influence the commemoration or the, the memory of the Anzacs? Um, obviously, the, the most famous, I, I think, um, would be John Monash. Is he known as kind of a Jewish general? He is to an extent. Um, I mean, Monash is venerated in Australia. Um, he was the only Allied Corps commander who was Jewish. Um, I think the only commander-in-chief of any army um, outside Israel who, who has ever been Jewish. But it's not his Jewishness is seen, I guess, here as secondary to his um, what is regarded as his military brilliance. There is a move in Australia among, I guess, liberal historians to make the idea of Anzac, the Anzac myth as it is often characterised, 
um, more inclusive to just to explain to people that it was not simply six foot two bronze Aryans who fought in the trenches who died at Gallipoli. There were others there too. There were um, Aboriginals, Indigenous people, and you know there were Jews. Um, but that wasn't really. I, <laughs> it, it wasn't really my aim to make that point. I I simply wanted to write a narrative history. I was interested in how far martial traditions were passed down through families. I wanted to know, for, for me what was interesting was whether the men who fought in the Second World War, for instance, were the grandsons of, of men of Jewish men who'd fought in in the Boer War. Um, I, I, I wanted to paint a kind of social portrait. I, I wasn't so concerned with, um, you know, as I say, a propagandistic justification. Right. Uh, you mentioned World War Two. Uh, proportionally, that had that the largest number of Jews joined the Australian military. Was it a different experience though, because of you know, the nature of who they were fighting against and because the Holocaust was going on? I think World War II was obviously an existential war for the Jewish people. In Australia, I think that was felt and understood as it was elsewhere. Um, I think also it, it's arguable, but the I, I suspect Australian soldiers... Jewish soldiers in the Australian army may have faced a lower level of anti-Semitism than in other imperial armies than in the British army. Uh, and that may have helped encourage more men to join up. I think the level of anti-Semitism in us, I mean, the military is obviously just a reflection of society, but in uniform and with guns. And I think, level of anti-Semitism in Australian society may not have been as significant as in other societies which may have made participation in kind of all, which may have made social participation at all levels a lot more easy for Jewish people than, than it was elsewhere. Mark, last question before I let you go. What was the experience of Jewish women uh, who en enlisted or who joined the Australian military uh, did you find anything interesting uh, in in that respect? Oh, they were pioneers in in some respects. Um, there were Jewish nurses in the Boer War. Um, um, yeah, it's surprising that there were so few Australian nurses in the Boer War, but among them were Jewish women who were you know breaking barriers at the time. Um, there were. Uh, Jewish women nursing in the First World War also. There are Jewish women in the Australian Army now. Um, I, it's frustrating that I didn't get to talk to more of them. There are problems. You asked earlier whether the defence, uh, whether the Australian military keeps records of the religion of its members. It does not. And it's not really keen to talk about it either. E even in um, the context of a project like this. Uh, so I found it very hard to find access to, to get access to serving members of the military. I knew there were women. I knew there was a woman who 
was a, a veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan who, who lives quite near me, but I couldn't get permission to talk to her and I had to have, oh, sorry, I didn't bother trying to get permission to talk to her, which I had to have through the military because she's a serving member because it had been so incredibly difficult to get permission to talk to other serving members. So most of my current, um, most of my more current veterans had only just or recently left the army. So I, I wasn't able to speak to women who were in the army now, but I know there are a larger number of them than I expected. And as soon as the book came out, um, I received an email from a woman whose daughter had just graduated from the Australian Defence Forces Academy. Um, it's another study, um, and, and I think it will be a fascinating study to see what has driven Jewish female enlistment in the Australian Defence Forces since World War One. Um, but it's a question I have no answer to <laughs> since World War Two, rather. I think it would be a fascinating study. Mark, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. That's Mark Dappin. His new book is Jewish Anzacs, Jews in the Australian Military. It's published by New South Press in April 2017. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.